one of the things that is so great about doing this work is you have a direct effect on helping injured people. And that's one of the things that makes it so gratifying is that your ability to use your medical knowledge, your background, your training in a way that's non-clinical, but is still really helping people. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and I'm joined today by a guest that you'll find very interesting, especially if you're a physician who has ever considered taking on a side job or even starting a business outside of your clinical work, but you still want to use your medical training. With me today is Dr. Armin Feldman. Dr. Feldman, welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hi, Jen. It is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you here and to hear all about your work. And why don't we start out by hearing about your specialty and how that led you to start your consulting business? Okay. So asking me about my specialty is actually kind of an interesting question because I am trained as a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. But when uh, someone asked me about my specialty, what I tell them is my specialty is forensic medicine. It's what I've been doing for the past 13 years. And the kind of forensic medicine I do is something that really wasn't done before I started doing this 13 years ago. So for a long time, maybe for centuries, we've had physicians that act as medical experts in legal cases. And what I did about 13 years ago, well, even to back up from that, before I started doing this work, my area of specialty in psychiatry wound up being mild traumatic brain injury. And I wound up owning outpatient head injury rehabilitation clinics around the country and a treatment program of my own design. And I think we did a great job helping head injured individuals get back up on their feet. Well, I was fortunate enough to sell those clinics. And in that work, I testified as an expert witness really more times than I want to remember on behalf of my patients who were either being cut off of their medical care or offered some pittance of a settlement. So I learned a lot about our legal system, how healthcare is delivered in this corner of medicine, the adversarial nature of the work and so forth. So I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. And I thought, well, maybe what I could do is just consult to attorneys on any kind of medical question that came up in a case. And that turned out to be a good thing, an unexplored niche, and as they say, the rest is history, and that really has developed now over the years into a new subspecialty of forensic medicine that involves doing pre-trial, pre-litigation, medical consulting to attorneys, but primarily in workers' compensation cases and personal injury cases, although a physician in any specialty can learn how to do this work. And if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're doing is different from being an expert witness. How does it differ from being an right. expert witness? You're correct about that. In fact, I'm a medical consultant in legal cases, and there's a huge difference. In fact, they're two totally different things between being a medical expert in legal cases and a medical consultant in legal cases. A couple of the big differences, one is... I consult on any kind of medical question that comes up in a case, and the physicians that I train do as well. And all of our work is pre-trial, pre-litigation. 
So we are helping attorneys to better negotiate and settle cases. We're helping attorneys to save time and we're helping attorneys to get the appropriate medical care for their clients and help them to negotiate through all of the medical issues that come up in their cases. Now, one of the things that makes this kind of consulting viable and makes it go is that in the areas of the law in which I consult, personal injury and workers' comp, probably nine out of every 10 cases settle, and that's where we come in. So anything that we can do as medical consultants, as opposed to medical experts and, and very specific services that we offer, that's going to help that attorney to better negotiate and settle the case for more money with less attorney time and help them with medical issues in the case, including helping them get the appropriate care for their clients. That's something that a lot of attorneys are interested in. Now, you know, not every attorney thinks it's the next best thing since sliced bread, but there certainly has been plenty of demand all over the country for years for these kinds of services. Now, on that one out of 10 case that can't be negotiated, and so the attorney is going to litigate that case, they're going to do depositions and go to trial. In those cases, the attorney is going to need medical experts in every area of the injury. But for the purpose of negotiating and settling the case, what the attorney needs are well-reasoned, well-thought-out medical opinions, reports, and other services that are going to help them to settle that case. I'll give you a quick example. That would be great. Thank you. So now, of course, this never happens to me anymore because attorneys in my state in Colorado know who I am, and this falls away for other consultants as well. But When I first started, let's say I was hired by an attorney to answer a question concerning a a rotator cuff injury in the case, and they needed me to prepare a report. And that report was eventually going to be used in the settlement process. So I deliver that report with my medical opinions. And by the way, my reports are always seen by opposing counsel. They're almost always seen by insurance adjusters. They're often seen by judges, treating doctors, IME doctors, and others. So hardly behind the scenes. So opposing counsel gets that report. What's the first thing they're going to do? Well, they're going to look me up, right? So they might pick up the phone and say to the attorney that hired me, well, why should I pay any attention to this report? Dr. Feldman is not an expert in rotator cuffs. And what my attorney is going to say to them is, well, look, Dr. Feldman acts as a medical consultant for me in all my cases. And I can tell you if we can't get this issue settled in the negotiation based on Dr. Feldman's opinions and how he backs up those opinions with evidence from the medical literature, and you force me to take this case to trial. When I hire my retained orthopedic surgeon, they're going to say exactly what Dr. Feldman said in his report. In fact, they would be relying on the same literature that Dr. Feldman's quoted in his report. So let's get this set. So that's on a practical basis uh, how it so, all works. And so from a practical basis in terms of your consulting, what you're doing, if I understand correctly, is you are providing the attorney with an opinion about the case based on research of the literature that's relevant to that particular case. And that will guide the attorney to know whether this is a legitimate case or not worth pursuing. Is that typically how you start? Yeah, that's mostly right. But I'll tell you, helping attorneys to decide whether or not they have valid cases, 
that makes up a very small percentage of what we do in my own consulting business, maybe five, maybe 7%. Attorneys who do personal injury and workers' comp law, they're very, very good at knowing whether or not they have a case. So the services that we provide are actually fairly specific in terms of helping that attorney to negotiate and settle the case. So I can give you a couple. There are over 15, 16 different types of services that a medical consultant can offer the case. And typically the attorney is only using one or two of those in that particular case. So for example, the thing that I'm actually asked to do most is to provide comprehensive medical summary reports with my medical opinions that encompass the entire case. And those reports, they can be used for medical case coordination on the case, but by and large, what they're used for is they are part of the attorney's settlement demand letter. So in every state, there is a kind of a specific format for a settlement demand letter. And of course, the attorney needs to First of all, again, a personal injury case, there has to be negligence first, right? And then one of the things that the attorney is going to describe in the settlement demand are what are the damages? And there are all kinds of damages, right? The car is totaled, the person can't work, uh, loss of enjoyment of life. What we deal with are the medical damages. So in one section of that medical summary report, based on our review of the medical records, our interview with the client of the attorney, our review of the medical literature, we are going to look at every aspect, every medical injury in that case and provide a comprehensive report. So our reports would include our medical opinions, which act as evidence in the case. Sometimes uh, the medical consultant will actually find a diagnosis that hasn't been mentioned in the medical records. So we'll go through each medical diagnosis, the symptoms, but we also always talk about things like causation, mechanism of action of the injury, functional losses. And then we back up all those opinions with evidence from the literature. We'll also talk about future medical care and costs and many other things in that medical summary report that the attorney will include as a supplement to their settlement demand. And what's happened over the years is that attorneys, in fact, report back to us that by using our medical summary reports as part of their settlement demands, they are settling cases for better value with less attorney time. They're getting more of the appropriate treatment in the settlement and the money for it that they would without that. So another thing that I do that runs kind of a close second to providing comprehensive medical summary reports is that I actually physically sit in and I observe independent medical exams done by other physicians. And I think I was the first physician in the country to do this. So let me say, first off, they're very good doctors that do very good IMEs. Oftentimes, I'm not involved in those IMEs, although some attorneys will have me sit in on every IME for every one of their clients, no matter the doctor. But what we also know is that in every community across the country, there are a group of doctors that make all of their income or most of their income doing IMEs. And these doctors are under tremendous secondary gain pressure. Fact is, if if they don't consistently come down with opinions that favor the insurance position, the insurance company will find doctors that do. So I'll sit in and observe that IME. And then when IME report comes back and the attorney finds it's unfavorable to the case, and of course, if my opinions are such, now I'm in a position to write an IME rebuttal to that IME report. 
So IME doctor may say, well, this injured worker who had a rotator, come back to rotator cuff, but had a rotator cuff injury and had a repair and now is requesting a revision surgery. Well, we're not going to pay for that. We think he's fine. <laughs> and then I'll say in the report, well, you're basing that on the fact there was no dye leakage on an arthrogram. Most people would base that on the patient's symptoms, their range of motion, their degree of functionality, and so forth. And, and so I might write a report to rebut that IME report. It's not unusual that just based on my report alone, for example, the client would be afforded that revision surgery or whatever it is. So it's a really interesting and diverse use of your medical skills between observing the clinical exams and also writing detailed reports based on interpretation of literature and interpretation of the medical record. And over time, since you've been doing this, you've started training other physicians to do this, right? Yeah, yeah I have. Thank you for mentioning that. And I'll talk <laughs> about that in just a minute. But before I do, what that last example brought up is one of the things that is so great about doing this work is you have a direct effect on helping injured people. And that's one of the things that makes it so gratifying is that that your ability to use your medical knowledge, your background, your training in a way that's non-clinical, but is still really helping people. And that's one of the real pleasures of doing the work. Obviously, the work can be lucrative and it's quite interesting and you learn a tremendous amount of medicine along the way. And it's challenging to figure out some of these medical puzzles, but you do get to help people. So in answer to your question, yes, I've been doing this work for 13 years. I've been training others for the past 11 years. I've actually trained over 1,600 physicians across the country to do this. And I do have a one-year remote training program at my medical legal consulting coaching program, which helps physicians do this. And the training is both on the business side, the marketing, the running of your business, the operations and all of that. And it's also in the medicine that you need to know. So now there are physicians all over the country that are successfully doing this. Some do it on a full-time basis. Some do it in lieu of retiring. The largest group of physicians do it as part of an existing practice as a side view. And what type of physician would you say is best suited for this? Do you have all specialties or have you seen all specialties? Great question. And the answer is yes. By now, I think I've run into just about every specialty. I suppose certain specialties, you may have a couple of steps of a head start, but any physician in any specialty can learn to do this. I think one of the qualifications is if you just like to stay in your lane and you just like your specialty, this isn't for you. But if you like medicine in general, if you're a person that enjoys continuous lifelong learning, has some intellectual curiosity and really enjoys medicine, then this would be for you. And from what I understand also, most of the physicians who do this work within their own region. Is that correct? Yeah. Every one of these medical legal consulting businesses is a local business. By the nature of the business itself, by the nature of the marketing for the business, it doesn't make sense, probably impractical to try to look for business outside your local area. There's so much demand for this. There's no need to go outside of your local area. 
And what that has done over the years is we're not all in competition for the United States. So we have a great collegial relationship with all the physicians that are actually helping me pioneer this across the country. How much time would you say a person should have available if they wanted to do this, say, in addition to their clinical work? Or in addition to that question, I'm curious also whether people can do this without doing clinical work. I think the answer is yes, because that's what you're doing. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I've done it for the entire time I've done it, but it's a good question. So the way that I advise physicians over the years is you really need at a minimum about eight hours a week in order to do this justice and make it fly. If you don't have eight hours a week, I don't suggest you do it. Now, the majority of those eight hours need to be during the regular work week because you do need time to call and meet with and discuss cases with the attorneys that are your clients. For a motivated physician who's taking on your course, what would you say is a typical amount of time to go from learning how to start this business to starting the business to actually having income coming in? Yeah, another great question. So one of the things in the training program is a step-by-step business launch plan. And this business launch plan will take you from zero, no business, to up and running with your business. And up and running is defined as now being in a position to go out and solicit business from attorneys. I do help all of physicians with some of their marketing in the beginning, help them to get their first cases in the door. But if you put your mind to it, you can get through that launch plan in about three weeks. Then from the time that you start soliciting attorneys for business, the time that you should start seeing some cash flow, if you're on average with other physicians around the country who are doing this, typically takes about three months. And from that point forward, you should make money. How much money you make depends on how much marketing that you do. And I have a system for everything that you do, and that I pass that all along to the physicians that are in the training. But I mean, if you just follow Wonderful. this, yeah, typically you're going to do fine. But to mm-hmm. have a absolutely rocking, thriving business, it's like starting any other practice. It's going to take about a year. Makes sense. Certainly, there are a lot of details. And from what you've seen with the physicians that you've coached, again, for a motivated physician who's going through the steps and actively doing what your program mm-hmm. recommends, what would you say the range is in income, say, for a person working 20 hours a week that you've seen? So I can't talk specifics about the fees because that's fee fixing and we can't do that. Mm -hmm. But again, the way I've advised physicians over the years is do an informal survey of your colleagues and determine what you think is the average fee per hour for doing medical expert work in your community. Now, obviously there's a range, it's not that hard to figure the average. So then as a medical consultant, you're going to come in less than that, maybe half to two thirds of what the experts are making. Then take that number and multiply it times how many hours a week you're going to work and you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that really is helpful to have an idea, at least on an hourly basis. What would you say a typical day is like for you now that you've been doing this for a while? So there is no typical day, which is one of the great things about doing this. 
I will tell you, I've worked out of a home office for the entire 13 years I've done this. I have a tremendous amount of freedom in terms of how I set up my day and a lot of latitude in uh, how I go about doing things on a day-to-day basis and um, when I want to take time off and all of that. But the day is going to be split up between doing cases and, well, even to back up from that. One of the business gurus that I particularly like, he says that in every small business, you can break down the small business into three components. The technician, in this case, that would be the physician doing the actual work. The manager, somebody has got to manage the day-to-day, and the entrepreneur. So probably in your first year, you can count on maybe 70% of your time as a technician as being a physician doing the actual work. The largest chunk of your non-billable time, certainly in the beginning and actually throughout, is going to be doing the marketing and the entrepreneurial duties for the business. The least amount of time, takes a few hours a month really, is the managerial aspects of the business. In fact, it's one of the interesting things. So you get to do the medicine and you get to run your own small business, which is a great thing, particularly now that physicians, mostly are just employees, right? So this gives a physician an opportunity, at least on a part-time basis, to not be somebody's employee and to set their own parameters for everything that they do. Just out of curiosity, is the managerial side something that you see people outsource to virtual assistants, or do people typically have someone local that helps them with that? Well, the interesting thing is, and the way that I teach this is, should be able to do the managerial stuff yourself. This kind of consulting business makes for a great one-person business with that one person wearing all three of those hats. Unless you choose to do so, it's really not necessary to bring anyone in to do any of those jobs. Terrific. That sounds like a very appealing business model that I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in. How would someone reach you if they want to get more information? Yeah, thanks. They can certainly start by going to MDBIZ, that's short for business, MDBIZCON, which is short for consulting, but MDBizCon.com, and that will get them started. And they can get my phone number there and get further information there, videos there, and ways to be in touch with me. So it's MDBIZCON.com. Okay, great. We'll be sure to include that information in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me and tell me about this type of work that I think is really quite intriguing. And I'll be curious to hear back from people about whether they pursue this and find out more information. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for the opportunity. We want to remind you that if you do want coaching support right now, all you have to do is go to docworking.com and you can check out our coaching opportunities for you to get a certified coach who is experienced in working with physicians. Also, if you're not on our newsletter yet, you got to get over to docworking.com today and sign up. That's how you find out about all kinds of offers and resources that we have available to you. So until next time, thanks so much for being with us here on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe.
We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.